0: another
1: side to good
0: health, and that's good mental health. Are you coming to us live from the Liberty Golf Studio?
1: Over my shoulder is the coming soon portion, but yes. Wow. It's right, I'm in the middle. The The fit desk is here. The simulator is that way. Oh. There's a little build station you can see there. There's a little lounge area, uh, lockers and bench, little putting green uh, thing, putt-out strip. And then it's yeah, another th- n- yeah. Yeah, another thousand square feet that I haven't actually started using yet. So more to come, more to love.
0: Well, that's very exciting, Matt. The uh, the space looks really cool. I've seen a couple of the videos that you've put out since mm-hmm. launching, and uh, amazing quality. Like they're shot really well and beautifully. And I like the the segments that you include there. It feels like a feels like a really fully fleshed, formed
1: like golf show. It's very cool. Thank you, that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah, I think in the short term, you know how YouTube is obviously, um, the attention span is only so long. So I'm going to mm-hmm. kind of release segments. Uh, I, I made an initial episode, which I, which I, I loved the format of. Um, and I'm, that's kind of, the, I'll, I'll, let me call that more the, the end goal. I kind of want to give people a little sample of what that's going to be like. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, I'm going to make those segments, those kind of highly produced segments, just releasing them in, in shorter pieces um just because like that first episode was was really good i liked it um but anytime someone sees a 20 plus minute um time count on the video i just i just know that not that many people are going to watch it so Hmm. i'm just kind of probably going to play the game a little bit with with youtube in the short term and then i think when it reaches a little bit more of a maturity where people know what they're getting into for their half an hour then i think it will be it will be fine to be that long um but yeah that's been that's been my goal i mean i came I I worked in, you know, I would say more in production just through my own business um, before I did production for golf. So like that, you know, Mm. me getting into, you know, I've been in golf before so it was kind of golf first, then some production outside of golf, then back into golf and production at the same time. Um, So for me, yeah, the way things are shot and and produced and stuff, edited especially, um, as I'm sure you guys know, is is super important, Um, making it a little bit more of something like you know, of substance, something with a little bit of uh, soul and story to it. Um, so that's the vibe anyway. So, yeah, I think long term, I would love if we were having this conversation in five years that I would just be producing episodes, you know, 30 to 40 minute episodes um, and would be, you know, component based. They would have segments within them, obviously, recurring stuff and new stuff. Um, but, yeah, in the short term, I think I'm just going to. And it's also like it's a, it's a capacity thing, right? Like it, for me to shoot and edit, you know, a 30 minute episode, it's going to take me weeks. Um, And as you know, in the YouTube space, if you are out of sight, you are somewhat out of mind. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the way it goes.
0: Invisibility is death. It's so sad. It is. It really is. When you so I I saw your announcement that you were leaving TXG club champion and you teased what I assume is now Liberty. Um, But Mm -hmm. you also announced that you were going to be working on something in the mental health space as well. And that naturally perked my ears up. Um, for sure. The yeah. premise of this show, group golf therapy. Um What, where, where does that fit in for you? Where does the mental health component?
1: Come yeah. From? So that actually, I would say it predated this uh, studio. So that yeah. I actually started setting up uh, would be spring of 2022 at least. Uh, and honestly, kind of previous to that. So it's actually, uh, something I set up with my therapist actually so my, my therapist is the co-founder of, of the foundation um, so we started talking about this while I was still like in treatment um, you know two years ago so the actual setup of it I would say began early last spring um, got a a really good law firm in Toronto that specializes in in basically charity status applications to work with so we could actually get Approved by the CRA, which is our version of the IRS, um, to make sure that you were doing things financially responsibly. Um, so yeah, the the actual process has been going on for well over a year, um, and then I guess the idea for it came at least a year prior to that. Just with my experience in in both the public side and the private clinic side um, of the mental health space here in in Toronto, which I don't think it's that much different than the states. Obviously, we have we have probably. We probably have a system that has more, call it government-covered treatment stuff, I would say, maybe, than the States, although I'm not totally sure about that. Um, But it's not as much as it should be for that particular thing. So you can can receive a lot more, call it sort of like beyond your GP type stuff for a lot of things. But when it comes to that, it's more so you've got a psychiatrist, um, which you're going to wait quite a while for, That's Mm. about as far as it goes. If you want to go somewhere else, you are either like about to die or you're kind of out of luck. There's really nothing in between. Uh, So there's kind of the emergency level stuff and there's the base level stuff. And then there's just this enormous gap. All of the stuff that's Um, like
0: considered elective care is just like
1: exactly you're waiting in a line, essentially. Right. Mm. Yeah. And and I would say there isn't even very much of it um, for mental health. There really isn't. Um, Yeah. There's just not very much. Private private clinics even are, I would say they're somewhat in their infancy here. There's there's a handful of things that you could do beyond, beyond medication. Let's call it. Um, there's obviously inpatient stuff, but again, that you really have to be you have to be like actively suicidal to even qualify for that. Wow. So those things are important, but it's in my opinion also nice to help people before they become actively suicidal. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it would be nice to sort of go. You know what? Let's not get to that point. Why don't we Why don't we do something before we get that far? Uh, And there's an enormous number of people that you can prevent uh, from getting on that path. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of where the idea came from. My experience, I obviously spent a lot of my own money getting treatment uh, a couple years ago, which I was was just fortunate that um, I had some money saved up. It was COVID. I was working a lot, doing well. I had nothing to spend money on obviously. So uh, we had some money set aside, so it was fine for me, Um, but it's it's expensive to seek out something beyond um, Mm. what you could get, you know, call it for your 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 government level stuff here so as i said like you know we have it's better than nothing for sure but it's it's basic um so that's kind of where the concept came came from
0: so given all those hoops that one has to jump through in order to get comprehensive mental health care in canada where Mm. did that journey through care start for you and yeah. You know, I guess what, what what did it take for you to be like, OK, despite all of these things that I have to do to, to receive the care that I want, what made you say, OK, now's the time like I want to invest mm. in this
1: for sure? Yeah. Um, so I would say when I decided like kind of enough is enough, I need to get some help for this. I went and saw just like a GP to get a referral. So that process takes about six to nine months for you to actually be given um, a psychiatrist now that being said a gp in canada can prescribe you some basic medication Um, i don't know that it's really a long-term solution i think they do it just to kind of make sure that people are at least getting some care while they're waiting to to work with someone who's actually specialized in that field but yeah it takes it takes time i think i waited close to nine months before i went for the first appointment um so yeah i mean i I would say that was better than nothing i would say it helped um And then a number of years go by, obviously, and you know, I, I think there's there's a point. There's people that 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 could be the end of it for them. Uh, you know, I'm good to go. I received this medication. My lifestyle is improved. I'm 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 fine, or I'm at least functioning at a level that I'm not that concerned about it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, I would I would say it improved my quality of life, but I could definitely still tell that there was still a gap there where I was probably pretty treatment resistant in terms of medication, uh, and it took mm-hmm. some time to to sort of come to terms with that because I think nobody really wants to accept that <laughs> like like the traditional course of treatment is just not cutting it, kind of thing. I don't think anybody wants to feel like they're that special of a case. It's, at least I certainly don't want to. Um, yeah. So I think it took some time for me to go. You know what? This is still pretty messed up. Like this is not. This is not how a person should be feeling. Um, and, and it's just. It was. It, it took time for me to be aware of like how it affected my behavior, how I would behave towards others, um, and then just my own experience of life, the, the quality of life that you you would hope to have compared to what you feel you have. So obviously, you know, COVID here, we we just couldn't even barely leave the house for like months at a time. So I would say that certainly uh, exacerbated the issue. There's nothing good about that. Um, I think when I was busy and working and traveling and stuff, I would say I, I had the ability to sort of compartmentalize these things to some degree. Um, but that that period of time, I would say, it's very hard to ignore stuff that goes on in your mind because you're just rattling around your own brain for months at a time just doing nothing, right? Um, so that, that was probably a major trigger point for me um, to where I just thought, you know what, I need to seek out something that's not medication, um, just medication. I wasn't, you know, wasn't intending to stop entirely, but, you know, let me look into something else. Um, So, you know, I was definitely not in good shape and, and my wife looked into some different things. Uh, And she found a clinic that does, uh, it's called TMS. So it's like a transcranial stimulation. So it's just like a very minor, call it like the very, very diet version of like electroshock, what people would get years ago. to be honest with you, that's still actually a treatment. It is actually pretty effective depending on the case. It's just a very minor version of that. It's extremely targeted. It's like crazy machine that like specific parts of your brain is stimulating that are, I guess, not working properly, or it can calm down parts that are overactive. Um, So we kind of looked into that, went and saw the doctor there. Uh, and just, just said, you know what, whatever, like, what's the worst that could happen here? It's not it, not cheap. It was probably eight to 10 grand um, of our shitty Canadian dollar, but still a lot of money um, oh. to do that course of treatment for like three to six months. So um, that's how I kind of got into the, uh, personally got into the private side of it. Um, and then I guess the rest is sort of, you know, interesting that these are the things that happen in life that you can't really predict. So I would say, I don't know for sure what the actual treatment, itself did for me but you at this clinic have uh talk therapy during so you're there for 40 minutes Mm -hmm. you're literally having a therapy session every single day five days a week for months with somebody Um, and i was lucky because i i got someone who's i would say is uh, like very gifted in that field The, the type of person that you would hope to find uh in this type of uh situation is what was what i was presented with which was lucky so um That was very good for me. We sort of formed like a friendship and also like a, you know, I think a a common, um, maybe just a common philosophy in terms of like, obviously I don't have the expertise that this person has when it comes to the actual field, but I think we had a similar experience through life and profession that went, you know what, I wonder if there's some room here somewhere Mm. to do something at least locally to start with, you know, what if you just started with one clinic? You know, what if you just started by funding someone's treatment to go to a place like that, which, which we've done. Mm-hmm. I've done that uh, once already. Um, just to give someone that's the chance great. to go, instead of giving up at that point, just being like, hey, you know what, I don't have 10 grand, I can't do this. You know, I'm, I'm just yeah. a victim to whatever occurs from here. Um, what if we just step in and go, okay, you wouldn't have done this, but now you can with this funding. Let's Let's see what happens kind of thing. So that's the way the idea started um so that's going to be the short term we're going to be doing that um with the money we raise through events and stuff um and then we're going to start setting some money aside to actually open a a physical location of our own where you'd have um uh, our own staff of doctors and clinicians that would manage people's treatment um a a funding um i guess process where people can come in and apply for um you know uh, financial assistance either you need it or you don't like if someone like me had come in you know five years ago i would have not you know, been qualified because I clearly had some money in the bank I could spend. Somebody else comes in and goes, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm living off, you know, I'm paycheck to paycheck. Here's my T4, which is like our tax thing. You know, I'm I'm, I'm putting 35 grand a year in the bank and I have a kid. So I have no money Mm -hmm. basically. So it's like, okay, we can definitely help you out. This is what it would cost. We're going to cover it for you. Or at least we're going to cover some portion of it for you. So that's the concept when it comes to the clinic. And then the clinic would basically be a combination of what we're seeing as all the different avenues that you might want to go through, which would be therapy, a psychiatrist for medication, uh, things like TMS, like I talked about, uh, emerging things like psilocybin, um, all kinds of different, uh, you know, emerging treatments that may actually work uh, for people beyond just the medication. Because the medication is important, but a lot of it is unchanged in the last, you know, 30 or 40 years. And a lot of it is not intended to be taken for a long period of time. Um, So I'll give you an example. Like I, uh, within the last year, had to come off of uh, a Valium addiction wouldn't recommend it tough tough stuff so it eventually stops working i was taking too much became resistant to it very early on you develop a tolerance but you need it like your body physically needs it um and i had a new psychiatrist within the last two years who kind of sat me down he's like listen you might want to get off this stuff he's like you may not know it but it's probably doing nothing for you but you are you're hooked like you're addicted and and i kind Mm. of just took his word for it thank god um tapered off it and came off it but I'll tell you what I was sick as hell like I've never felt I've never felt anything like that in my life it was unbelievable um unbelievably like just like literally drug sick crazy um, not what I expected so it's not that those treatments are poor but it was not intended for me to take for 10 years and it certainly wasn't intended mm-hmm. for me to take in that concentration for that amount of time so managing someone's treatment better understanding which medications are going to be safe long term which are not when to seek something alternative um All this stuff is important because you're kind of on your own, as I'm sure you guys have come to understand. I mean, there's there's very good people in the world that want to help you and your family and friends want to help you. But ultimately, you're responsible for what happens to you and you need to be smart about it. So, um, yeah, it's a complicated space. I think there's a lot uh, there's a lot that we still have to learn about it. But I think there's ways that it can be done a little bit better. Um, And if the, the, the foundation is basically a small organization, as long as we. You know, as long as we are pursuing what we think is worth pursuing, we have the flexibility to sort of make a difference in individuals' lives. We're not going to be a large you know, uh, entity with all kinds of corporate affiliations that can kind of do things the way that we think they should be done. So um, that's that's the plan in a nutshell.
0: Man, there's a lot there. Um, thanks for sharing all of that. And yeah, it sounds like the, the foundation is uh, set up to do some really important work for people who need it. It might seem really trivial to ask this question but given that your work is in golf which i'm sure mm-hmm. blends passion and you know employment means of living as you were going through this treatment as you were um experiencing you know recovery from this addiction experiencing the covid lockdown where did golf fit into that was there was there any like mm-hmm relationship there still? Or was there a, mm. a lapse in in how you were experiencing the game? What was it
1: giving to you? All of that. Mm. It's a great question. Um, I would say there, were, there would have been multiple different times where it would have had a very different, I guess, role in my mind uh, and my lifestyle. I would say when COVID first started, uh, working in golf is one of the things that kept me sane. I mean, we we were making four or five videos a week at one point. I don't even know if we were technically supposed to be in the building, to be honest with you. We we kind of like were skirting like the very edges of stuff. Ironically, there was a provision. Our, <laughs> oh no, I, our genius of a government actually had a provision about media production being fine. It's like anyway, as you guys know, there was a lot of stupid nonsense that essential made absolutely business. no sense. <laughs> right, right. Very essential. <laughs> it's it, it's essentially things that we want to allow. So yeah, well, like we we were like we were busy doing that all the time. So that, that definitely helped. Um, I would say when golf courses were open, that was one of the very few things that uh, anyone was doing. That's why there's like an enormous, as you know, COVID like bubble of, of golfers. Um, so I would say at times, I mean, at times I had to shut off it entirely. There were times when I was you know, too sick to, to kind of give a shit about anything. Um, that, that certainly is, is true of periods of time. Um, But I would say yeah, golf for me in the last few years would be would be vitally important. I'm not sure exactly where things would have gone without that component. There's many components, obviously, to me coming out of it. But I would say that would be a major one. I mean, work wise. I, I probably wouldn't have had work. I can't imagine because uh, my other, you know, my other clients and business aside from golf were just like nothing going on. Like no new business. No, no one's producing anything. No one's working on anything. No marketing, nothing. So um, that I have no idea what would have happened there. And then just like recreationally and socially, once, you know, once we were once we were granted permission to go golfing again, you know, I would that's how I saw my friends. I would never have seen them otherwise. Yeah. Nobody was going to like restaurants and stuff like that. No one was even going over to people's houses. It was insanity. Like, people, there were people that would be cool to go play golf. They'd be like, nah, I can't. You're not going to come over. Like, and you, would, you, would, you wouldn't even blame them because, like, people were, like, looking at each other's houses going, oh, he you friends over? Like, there was all this craziness, right, like, which mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. So socially, I would say, you know, I can't imagine having been – we were isolated for a long period of time, but it would have been even longer. Uh, and it would have been, like, nothing outside, like, nothing beyond just, like, some very base-level stuff. Um, so I would say that was enormously important. And then in terms of like everything I've done foundation wise, it's all connected, right? Like obviously my network is extremely golf generated, let's call it, uh, and golf, you know, golf is a part of it as it should be. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 key for sure. It's key for sure. I mean, it's hard to separate because golf is a big part of my lifestyle to begin with. Um, and it, and it just, it's, it's already a fabric of it, but yeah, in terms of what's gone on for the last few years, I would say. It is uh it's been something that I could at least hold on to in terms of like recreationally professionally socially it's a, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a foundation there which which is it's been nice
2: hmm. yeah man golf was that that safe haven for us that respite i, I, I even hearing you retell the story of like after you're round you know like all right well like you want you want to come over like doing that shuffle like yeah no, yeah, ways, no I no, can't I got, the, I got the baby I got I got the what yeah. like she'll kill me I if I come over can't you know can't give you a like, ride to the course can't give you a ride to the course yeah i i don't miss that <laughs> no
1: nothing um, to miss about it it was terrible
2: yeah it was awful um one thing i i just this is an aside, um something i did appreciate about that time was Obviously, like golf, it has this like artistic, picturesque element to it, right? You're in you're in nature. You're, you're surrounded by trees. You look up, you see the sky. It was so clear and so beautiful outside during that time, especially in like, LA. The, especially <laughs> in LA, because this is a city of smog, not yeah. angels.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: I just, I remember, you know, having those conversations, doing the, all right, uh, what what are we going to do after this? And just appreciating being out there, like having something. Yeah. Like, I I feel like uh, each one of our guests kind of touch on what COVID was like, you know, playing golf. Um, But. I think it deserves more of an unpacking <laughs> like in COVID in general, but, uh, but what golf gave us during that time, mm. just like, I just have a deep appreciation to golf for being there and giving us something to do. Even, <laughs> even if, you know, we sucked <laughs> like, no, totally. Well, just, you can't ima- can you imagine not if that
1: wasn't there. Imagine if that wasn't
2: there. Right. Yeah. Like what, literally what would we be doing? Hmm. Going on a hike?
1: That's cool. No thanks. Um, I'm okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm good on that. Just don't want to I'm that. good on I'm
1: that. Okay. I'll walk, I'll walk five miles, but for golf. That's it.
0: <laughs> right, golf. right, right. They even closed down the hiking trails in, in Portland, Oregon, where I was living at the
2: time. Yeah, Runyon in LA closed down as well. Yeah. Um, Where's ironically, it? you can see Griffith Park golf courses from Runyon. <laughs> I was up there the other day and like, oh.
0: Hello. 36
2: holes. Hello, friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Matt, I don't know how or when golf exactly came into your life, but um, you know, as you reflect on everything that you just shared with us about sort of how golf has played into your life recently, mm-hmm. uh, certainly through the pandemic, I'm curious if you had an opportunity to play a round of golf with a younger version of yourself. Knowing all that it's given you now, uh, what do you think the conversation on that day would sound like? Walking down the fairway. That's
1: a good question. When I started actually getting into golf, I was uh, sixteen. Hmm. So a couple buddies of mine. So I played I mostly played hockey, obviously stereotypically. Um, <laughs> Like when we were really young, my parents used to take us out to like a par three course. I was like eight or nine years old. I would just like, just be happy Gilmoreing drivers, even if it was 30 yards away. So like we had that, that experience, kind of that family experience, but I wouldn't say I wasn't really playing golf. And then we didn't play for years. And then I never even thought about it to be honest with you until I was in high school. Um, and a couple buddies of mine, um, played and, uh, I was always like, yeah, like, I don't know if I'm not interested in playing. But then it's funny, like, my, so my biology teacher was the golf coach. And we weren't exactly a serious team, I can tell you that. Uh, and I don't remember what happened, but he just said to me, I think they were having, like, tryouts that spring. He's just, you know, like, we had, like, a good relationship. He was a good guy. Um, and he knew that I was friends with a couple people on the team. He's just like, why don't you just, like, come out to the range with us because they're doing our tryout, which basically meant if you can sign the permission form, you can be on the team. So I was like, yeah, sure. Like, what's the hype? What's the <laughs> And I don't I actually don't even remember the course of like what occurred but like I can literally tell you that a month or two later I'm literally obsessed like I'm I'm constantly going thinking about trying to buy new clubs and and play mm-hmm. and practice like it was insane it was insane. But I mean that is also my personality when I get into something I tend to just really become narrowly focused on. it. So yeah, it just was like a very just a crit, and I was kind of getting out of hockey at the same time. I was kind of falling out of love with it a little bit. Um, I had like majorly injured myself when I was around 12, like, I broke my my femur, and I think that kind of shook my, mm. my cage a bit playing yeah. hockey. I used to be a little, yeah, I used to be a little more fearless. That's a tough injury. And I, I think after, after that happened, I just I was never really the same playing. I always was a little cautious. Um, so I think I was kind of, you know, falling out of love with that a little bit. Um, was also like super, super like struggling with all kinds of anxiety issues and stuff in high school. So I, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I think golf just, um, I just really just became obsessed with it. Uh, something fierce. So it was funny. So yeah, like all through high school was, was super into it, left high school first summer after high school, I got a job at a course. Um, and that is the course that I, uh, eventually became, uh, like a, an associate pro at like that was the progression. So I went, I started cleaning carts there and then by the time I left you know whatever that was 10 years ago I was I was working uh, as an associate because I just I just became just obsessed with it and I had a good group of guys that were working there above that I think I, I just kind of I, I, I just wanted to sort of pursue that as a career after watching that and so um, yeah I guess if, if I thought about what i would what i would be discussing with that person who's 16 that didn't really even feel like playing it would be it would be interesting i I don't know i would definitely have never been able to convince myself that it would become a major part of my life certainly not i would i would definitely not have been able to convince myself that it would be my career because believe it or not i went to school right out of high school because i thought i was going to be in the restaurant industry i had a period of time where i thought i wanted to be a chef period of time where i thought i wanted to like run restaurants i had all kinds of phases golf Golf was just the last one that actually stuck. Um, So yeah, but I mean, I think that's, you know, I've learned that's kind of how life goes. I think when I was younger, I thought you had to sort of plan these things out and you went to school for a purpose and then you need to be that thing after school. Um, And it just never happened for me. And then I just felt like, like, am I just a loser or is this just the way this shit is? And I think I've eventually come to realize that, no, you kind of just have to see where things take you. And eventually you will find something that, you're into and that if you can make work as a, as a career or a passion, then you will make it work. Um, and I think that was kind of definitely not in my, in my, uh, in my plans. I, I would never have, I, even when I was becoming obsessed with golf, I certainly wouldn't have pictured that golf would be my career. I think I started yeah. working at a golf course so I could play golf for free. <laughs> I can tell you that. In fact, I'm pretty sure I told my <laughs> boss that at one point, um, cause it's just the truth. I mean, just, why else would somebody want to clean golf carts to play yeah. free golf? Of course. Um, so you're not doing it yeah, for the I think,
0: I, the cigarette butts that you're cleaning out of the
1: trunk, or you know, n- no, no, and the the, and the beer, like old cigars, and yeah, no, no, yeah. it's not for that. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, but I mean, that's what. Whenever somebody asks me about like just like career paths, and like not that I'm like old enough to be considered old and wise, but it's like if somebody younger was ever asking me like about getting into not even just golf, but like careers in general, or, like school, I, I just say like I don't see any reason why you should feel the, the, the need to know where this is going. I think you should just mm-hmm. pursue what you think is right at the time. Go to school. If you think you want to go to school, go to college instead of university. If you, if you think like, don't, you don't need to do these things. Like you just, you don't mm-hmm. know where it's going to end up. I mean, I know people with, with like extremely high level degrees that are doing nothing even close to what they went to school for, like not even close. Um, so, I mean, I, I never, I never graduated from university. I left didn't work out for me. I ended up you know, doing a pretty basic kind of um, diploma at, at college because it was golf specific and it's, it's more than I've ever needed to do education wise. So yeah, I think that's, that's the, the overall thing I always think about is it, it would have been nice if, if, if at the time I had have known that that was okay to just sort of like have this messy progression of, of education and career. And, and I say education doesn't even need to be. I mean, obviously we should we should graduate high school, but beyond that, I would say it's a bit of a wild card unless you want to be in certain fields. Um, but it, it, yeah, I think I would probably tell myself that, um, don't feel the need for this to go, you know, a certain path, just kind of let, just let shit happen, see where it goes. Cause you just, it's just mm. not necessary to push. It's not necessary. I mean, we've got a long time. We're going to live a long time. I think that's one thing I don't, you don't really realize when you're 16, you just feel like I've got four years to determine my entire life. It's right. right. You're not Man. likely to meet your wife. You're not likely to find <laughs> your final career. You're not likely to live in the same place. I mean, I could, I could go on go on and
2: on that, um, that bit is very quick. You, you were questioning, um, am I a loser mm. that comes up more times in, in our lives as men than we tend to admit. Yeah. Agreed. Um, great. So when you were in that headspace, you were like really questioning, you know, like, what was that like for you? And, if you could just speak to that version of sure. you who was like, yo, what, like, what is my life? What am I, what am I, totally. here for? what am I doing?
1: Yeah. I think I've, I think I've always been a person where lower self-esteem has been an issue. And I would say uh, that that often comes as a byproduct of, of, various let's call mental health issues, whether that's a depression or anxiety related issue, I would say low self-esteem is pretty characteristic. However, you could be otherwise healthy and have low self-esteem. And as as you mentioned, like as men, you don't tend to really say these things, so it tends to get worse. And you think everyone around you doesn't think that way, which is, again, makes it worse. Think all your friends are, they got everything locked up, they're happy, everything's great. You don't know that that internal chatter that you have is actually probably very common. So, yeah, at the time, I would say it would be it would have been a a point that would have made that feel worse in terms of your self-esteem. When you feel like you don't even know what path you're on. And I wasn't a very good student either. Like I I got through high school. My marks are fine. But like, you know, I needed I think I needed a certain math uh, credit and I barely got it in high school. And that was just to like barely get me into a university program. So I certainly didn't feel like I was excelling. And then I didn't really feel like I knew what path I was going to be on. So, it, yeah, it kind of makes you feel like you're kind of a screw-up to some degree because uh, you will unfairly compare yourself to either people around you or some sort of idea of what this person should be like that is your, your vision of yourself, which I think for most people would be a person who has good marks in high school, is a good athlete, is... Uh, is uh, lots of friends is um attractive to women around them has all kinds of opportunities for school it's going to be an ex- excellent student there's going to come out of school and have a career right away and then is going to move up the corporate ladder right away like all these stupid things that we tend to think should happen um most mm-hmm. of which are just extremely uncommon to begin with and often a little bit more thin and not as much substance to them as we actually think so i think it's mm-hmm. yeah i think it messes with your head because you just assume that that's uh it gets it gets unfairly tied to your self-worth maybe that's kind of what i'm trying to think of and people do that with golf as well like i think a lot of us will basically only feel as good as our last round which is a funny phenomenon of golf but i don't think it's golf exclusive i think that's what life is like i think uh, in what we're talking about in terms of career path in school you you feel like you're only as good as what your achievements are which is not it obviously yeah we will all have met people with a lot of achievements who are not someone i would aspire to be and vice versa right there are people that may in their uh, view feel like they don't have shit um but i wouldn't agree with them i would say that they're a person that's worth knowing worth spending time with is you know is valuable uh part of this world kind of thing right so i think yeah there's a lot to it but it's very hard to have that level of perspective when you're there especially when you're a teenager Um, right it just isn't there and your your world becomes so tiny you just assume Mm -hmm. that this is the most important thing going it just it just absolutely
0: well, and especially when culture is telling you get up and get through it, and you're fine, and it is, you know, yeah. Especially yeah. totally, you know, I don't know what I don't know what the the hockey culture was like in Canada, but I know that the hockey culture in Boston was be a fucking man, get get your shit together, hundred percent.
1: I would say um, that is the exact same as it. it would be here. No difference. Yeah, no difference.
0: Hearing you describe yourself is also a good reminder that like things are not always what they seem on the surface, despite all the 100%. external facing, forward facing characteristics or attributes mm. or success markers that someone might have. There's a lot going on mm-hmm. underneath the surface. My, my therapist often reminds me that um, I'm someone who fell through the cracks a lot of the time um, mm. because of a certain degree of call it emotional maturity or self-awareness or having the language and tools to understand and intellectualize how I'm feeling, that doesn't always necessarily mean that you're truly engaging with what's inside and that leads you to fall through the cracks societally and and with your friends and with your relationships and and with yourself, most importantly. Um, Agreed.
1: Yeah. I think I would probably say I I would relate to that quite a bit. I would say... Probably quite a few people didn't wouldn't would have been surprised that I had so many issues. Um, yeah, and it I think that's yeah it just depends on just depends on you as a person. I don't think it's a positive or a negative. It's just a personality trait. I think it, a lot of it has to do with whether or not you're comfortable sharing things with others. I don't know that it's like a, some people think of it as like a tolerance thing, like a, you know certain people can tolerate this level of you know mental pain and others can't. I don't know that it's really about that. I think it's just the way that. Uh, you project things, so some people will will be really in a in a rough spot, but you just can't really tell by looking at them. I mean, for me, I just always found it extraordinarily embarrassing. So I would do whatever was necessary for someone to have no idea. If I was having yeah. a, a panic attack, I would I would do people wouldn't even be able to tell at times, which is insane. Swallow it. When you think about what a panic, what what, what a panic attack actually is, is, is 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 insane to think that you could look at a person and be like, I yeah. I can't tell. Um, but that that can be a characteristic of, of certain people, and I would say that that would, that would be where I fall in and I don't know, I don't know which is, you know, which is worse, to be honest with you. I mean nobody wants to feel like, you know, everyone's looking at them and they can tell. I've talked to people where that's almost where all their fear and anxiety comes from is because they're concerned that other people can tell that they feel that way. Yeah. Uh, and then the opposite, there's other people that feel like no matter what I do, people just think that I'm fine and I'm not fine. Like it's just it's very complex. It's very complex. But yeah, I think that's why when you find someone really good in terms of you know a therapist or someone you can rely on for this they will help you identify how it is that you deal with things because you can't see it for yourself. Like, you know, I think that's, you know, how you've said that is, is, is pretty accurate. Somebody else that will get certain things out of you eventually, and then will backtrack and go like, okay, well, when I first met you you really didn't indicate any of these type of things. Um, Mm. So yeah, it's, it is a complicated thing. It is a, it is an onion. That's for sure.
0: Something else you mentioned uh, super briefly during your uh, description of your High school golf sort of mm. introduction was that you played on a bad golf team. And I just gotta say, thank God for bad golf mm. teams. Because <laughs> thank God. Thank God. Thank God for bad golf teams because they allowed me to play. Absolutely. Like my 100%. my my high school golf team was terrible. <laughs> my college golf team yeah. terrible. <laughs> and if it weren't for having That's the best no competition. There's no chance I would have played with go- played golf or stuck with it. Free so golf,
2: no, so
1: more true. more bad golf programs. More bad golf programs, please. Agreed. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Because then you don't feel like you need to get on it for the per- for the performance aspect. It's more so just like a participation. But yeah, if I had a, if I had a been somewhere where like, you know, like there's probably a few schools in Toronto where there's a lot of good players, but like. Not many. <laughs> Most of them, we were out there for a laugh. You got off school a few times a month uh, yeah. to go play sports. And you would play some decent courses. Like, I remember the first time I played, like, a yeah, really nice free. course. For uh, free. Yeah, or it was, like, really cheap. Yeah, I can't amazing. remember. But either way, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It was, like, a course I would have never been to. But, no, I totally agree with you. They should, even if, they, even if a school has good players, they need to have a golf, let's call it more of a golf club. There can be a team. Sure. Yeah. But there should also, if they have the, the bandwidth to do it, they should also have a club, which is just basically people that want to participate. And then, yeah. sure, you could graduate that oh, from the club to the team. 100%. <laughs> I, dude, I would well, have. I should have been up. on the we golf club. Have, we may have called ourselves <laughs> a team. I tell you what, we were the club. We were not a team. We not, <laughs> not one of us. Not one of us was any good but no but you're technically
0: a varsity athlete which is hilarious right um, <laughs> yes. Um, yes all right yes. motion motion for us to start a nonprofit or a for-profit business that establishes bad golf teams in uh, in school districts and if you're if you're below a certain handicap you're not allowed to play you're not allowed to try out yes. the team. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. you too even, good. Don't even look at us, scratch golfers. Move team. on. You you go independent. You take you join the tour. Or whatever you need to do, join an
2: academy. Scratch golfers need not apply. <laughs> need not apply. Turn turn right yeah. around. You have my <laughs>
1: participation. You have my participation. <laughs> do we uh do we want to um move into some of the the meat and potato questions?
0: Yeah, let's hit some Biz meat and potatoes.
1: All right. Um, these we were softballs, these or what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> tell us something you've never told anyone in your entire
1: life. <laughs> right, right. Uh, tell me something so personal. Uh, we love uh, to to learn about the the sensory experience as a as a golfer, um, and and one of our favorite new questions from this season are or is uh, what are some of your favorite golf sounds? Mm, this is a bit of a weird one. I kind of don't mind the sound of like the mowers, like the the greens crew when you're out there. You Mm -hmm. know what time it is. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because I associate it with with like early rounds. So like, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll say Mm -hmm. this. I'm not a morning person, but I had a period of time where I played a lot of very early morning golf um, at the club that I'm a member at. And and I I ultimately really liked it. Now I've since stopped doing it because I just became, I just couldn't stand getting up early in the morning anymore. But there's certain things that you associate with the early morning. That might be one of them. Um, what else that's another. That's
0: another addition, Bradford and Drew of golf math that we did not bring up a couple sessions ago. Golf math is on any day. I will not wake up earlier than eight thirty a.m. But if it's for yes. a round of golf, I will wake up at four thirty in the morning. Yeah, no problem. Thousand percent. Yep. yep. And and, and not in. feel
2: like I lost sleep and be so awake and online. So awake and actually will be more productive as a result i will like because i got my early morning absolutely i might close a deal i might make some money then that's real (laughs) golf man exactly
1: (laughs) yeah i'm trying to think what yeah it's so true like i i I mean, I'll say even when I get up early for golf, I'm still I'm still hating until I actually get there. Once I'm there, it's fine. But yeah, when you get okay. up and it's so dark out, <laughs> you're kind of like, what am I doing here? Um, my wife has said that before. She's like, you you hate getting up, but like I would have these seven o'clock tee times, and she'd be like, what are you doing? It's like five fifteen. Um, yeah. What else is what else is a good? That's a great question. Golf sounds. Little first tee chatter is always a good one. Just kind of like the sound Ooh, of like people nice. having a good time. I think that wakes yeah, that wakes that. me up a little bit sometimes, especially when it's early and you're, you're it also snaps you out of it when you're like in a shit mood or you're like playing like crap yeah. and you hear other people just like having a good time. Because yeah. it's different, mm. right? Like when you're on a golf course, there's not a whole lot of sound going on. And then you'll once in a while have these groups come within, you know, 500 yards of you. And then you can kind of hear them chatting a bit or like whatever, having a good time mm. with each other. And it sort of reminds you that you are in fact there for pleasure. It's not a punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's definitely a good one. Um, you know, I, I, I can't say that like the, the sort of typical, like the sound of a well-struck shot stuff, I, I don't know. Like, How often do you really hear that well-struck shot? <laughs> I, think it play, gr- I think If you play it without not t- often.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I, even myself, like once in a while, like I'll hit one, even when I'm like testing indoors, like I can tell like when something's like super flush versus, but I, I wouldn't say that that's like as much of my experience. As, as as maybe it is for other people. I also think sometimes these questions like we all do it. Like we all answer things that we've heard before. So I'm trying I'm trying my best not to do that. I'm trying my best not to do that. First T um,
0: chatter is fire. Yeah, first tea chatters fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. we haven't gotten that one yet. We'll take it to another nice. sense. What are some of your favorite golf smells?
1: See this is a very good one. Uh, so immediately it's it's fresh cut grass for sure. Mm-hmm like, that's a big one. Like, early in the morning, especially when they've already been out cutting, that's a big one. Barbecue? Like, like halfway mm. house food? Yeah. That's oddly a big one for me. I oh, like yeah. that quite a lot. I'm a, I'm a very, very food and drink oriented person, so I would say that that has a lot to do. My wife will ask me, like, my favorite part of a vacation. It's usually food and drink related, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, there's smells of the golf course. Um... I would say certain times of year, the air just has a certain something to it. Like when you're in a very like, especially like really isolated forested clubs, you can kind of get that that I'm, I'm really in nature type feel. And like it's tougher in the city. Like the, the course where I'm member at, it's technically within the bounds of the city, but you get a few hundred yards in um, and you kind of lose that a bit. So I would mm-hmm. say that that's a big one for me. It's just kind of that feeling where it's like I, I'm actually you know, driven somewhere to play golf, but, like, I kind of feel like I'm on a bit of a hike kind of a smell, whether that's, like, Mm. trees or flowers. I don't know. Somebody with a brain could probably tell you what that is for me. But (laughs) I think those things on the senses that make you feel like you've lost, you know, you've lost sense of where you are a little bit. Um, The first, like, eight holes of of my course, you don't really get close to the road. And then near the ninth hole, you actually tee off right beside, like, a pretty major road. And every time I get there, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, shit, I'm actually still, like, I'm still, like, 10 minutes kind of thing. Yeah. Like it kind of, it kind of snaps you back into it. Um, but yeah, I would say that the various foods that you may encounter on the course is, is a big one for me. The grass is a big one. And then it's just like, I would say that whatever that quality of like clean forested air uh, and that's why yeah. I associate with it for me. And it's different. Like, I've played golf. I went and played golf in the East Coast of Canada recently, and it was like I could smell the ocean when I was playing golf. That would be a new one for me because I love the smell that's of the ocean. Like, I'm, like, obsessed that's with a special one. I'm obsessed with the smell of the ocean. As Give me the, I, like, un- the under the
0: boardwalk, that,
1: low tide on oh, a golf course. It's the best. Stank, Ugh, stanky ocean. Stank.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 100%.
1: And that's the first time I had played golf in your, I think, actual – Ocean that close, anyway. So that was a different one. That was a different one for me. So now I, I have an association now of that place with that like mm. that particular smell, of like the ocean. Cabot line, Cabot, yeah. yeah, yeah, special. Yeah, place. I, Canadian we, Canadian. We just bandion. passed. We it's just probably missed not each as other. Big and big ships in the. Night. Oh, were you there? Nice. Yeah, nice. Nice.
2: it yeah, was that's sick. Eh? Super yeah, super special. Yeah, that smells. And you're in the middle of old. nowhere.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's sick. Yeah, no, it's, it's 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 own thing. Like you're really in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I know Bandit's like that, too, but it's just its own thing. I, I To me, I, I know I haven't been enough places, but I feel like that part of Canada is as close to the actual, like, geography and, like, whatever, vegetation, coastline, as it would be in Europe. I mean, obviously, these things used to be... I mean, it's called Nova out, Scotia for a reason.
0: Off. It's well... Right, right. Like
1: it, it just literally, I think, is as close as we're going to get. And I think Bandit in the Pacific side, it's its own thing. Nor, nor does it need to be trying to be, you know, the same as Scotland. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's its its own thing, which is why I really want to go. Uh, but Cabot's She's is really special. cool because it feels it feels very, like, you know, um, United Kingdom-y. I think that's the, the vibe. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, did yeah. you get up to the par 3? Like, the little par 3 course up the hill? Yes. Did you play that? Par 3 was dope, too. That's yeah. like being in, like, Scandinavia up there. It's bizarre. Like, <laughs> it's all different trees. Well, like, it's totally different. I have been
2: there. there, but... Yeah, it it felt it yeah. felt totally different. Cool. It felt like a departure from even the cliffs and the uh links course. Like it was which its I thought own was thing. I don't know how they
1: achieved that, but it's its own thing.
2: Yeah. Me yeah. Either.
1: yeah. Hell of a place.
2: Chef recommends. Yeah. <laughs> my my uh golf spy hot list. <laughs> Go. Yeah, yeah. Do they do um, courses now? I'm sure they do. If not, they should start after listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Something that that heightens the senses. So let's say you you are uh, you're pulling up to Cabot, and it's a you know you're playing you're playing in a little tournament. You got some stakes on the line, mm-hmm. and they announce your name over the speaker. Coming to the tee, you got a song that you can play mm. to get you pumped up, heighten all these senses, get you ready to to blast off on number one on the Cliffs course. What song you going
1: with? That's a tough one. I have a very eclectic uh, taste in music. I think people often ask me what kind of music you like, and, and I pause a lot because I'm like, man, I could name you 4,000. Like, people won't think this Try is us. possible, but like, I, love, <laughs> I love rap, but I, I like country as well. Uh, I like, like kind of like hipster folk shit. But then like also like like EDM stuff like I, I, there's there's to me, I just if something is good, I like it. I, I don't know. It's very hard for me to separate. And it's also very like predicated on the people that I surround myself with. So like I would say when I was first exposed to country it was my friend. My best friend and I'm just telling him basically to fuck off like I have no interest in this stop playing country music for me. I want it I don't want to be a part of it I want you to leave me alone but then like I don't know I spent a little time in, in Texas like I spent some time in Alberta like I've just spent some time with different people in just certain situations where you just go you know what I kind of do like this a little bit um so I, I have some of that in me where it's it's very it's very all over the place but I will say that uh if I were to pick a song that would be pretty at a left field it's not too, I, I think a golf course walk-up song needs to be a little bit more calm, but still mm. something you're feeling. Uh, I'm going to throw like a, this is this is a wild wow one. It literally popped into my head. I'm going to go with my gut because I thought of it immediately when you said that. I would pick uh, A Hater Love It by 50 Cent featuring the game. Ooh. Outstanding song. So, Classic. Outstanding song. My best friend used to put that on as his alarm when we were in college, and I had a period of time, well, I loved the song, and then he kind of ruined it for me for a bit, but then I, I let's take back back. it again. Back. Yeah, we <laughs> take ownership. It. And I do hated love it. it. It's I such a good it. one. It's such a good song. Yeah, it's a hot song.
0: Mm. Hot song. This un- unrelated but related, uh, who, in your opinion, is the best uh, musical artist or group from Canada?
1: Mm. Well, that's a great question. There's some serious talent here. I mean, for, I mean, the country's enormous, but there aren't actually that many people, I guess, relative. I mean, like the entire country of Canada is less than the population of california is that right or around the same i think it's around the same because we're only like 40 million It's crazy i think california's you guys must be getting close who's the best talent uh the weekend would be up there um that guy's incredibly talented individual um drake is up there for sure whether you like him or not um Honestly, you have love to it. say just, just, just hate, him, hate him or love him. Justin Bieber again. Whatever you think of him, he's a very talented guy. He can he can really mm. sing as well. Um, there's a there's a lot, man. I would say if you, if you want like a, like, like a multi-generational talent that you'll be talking about in 50, 60 years, for, for sure The weekend and for sure Drake. There's 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 no doubt. And there's others that I'm forgetting. I mean, if you want to go into country, like Shania Twain, I think has a, Twain, Vegas, the go- uh, the goat. has a Vegas residency right now. She's like obviously an incredible artist. But yeah, like that would be, I think it's probably, I'm biasing it towards my generation. But yeah, Drake and The weekend would be ones that mm. I, I feel like globally, people probably don't even know or care that they're Canadian. Um, we do, obviously, yeah. because it's like, Whatever, whatever. They transcend,
2: right, right. transcend Canada. <laughs> Man, just the fine. redhead. The redhead's about to be on your neck. Uh, Celine, Dion's <laughs> Celine, Dion. <laughs> Celine Dion's fans. Celine Dion. Celine Dion's fans about to Dion be on your front right. doorstep. Ooh, yeah, I know. We keep, yeah, there's a lot. We keep so true. Keep. I, know. I, know. I was Le I keep
1: was Celine. I think she was she was getting to the end of her career even when I was young. So, yeah, but also good let's say
0: hate it or love it comes on at cabot you you get you get in the right headspace you go out there and you win the damn thing you win the tournament they invite you back the next year and you are allowed to host a champion's dinner in your honor mm. what is on your champion's dinner menu chef matt blois mm. is
1: it Blowis or blois or blois Blois. Blois. Blois is the French um, uh, pronunciation, but I do not speak French, nor does anyone in my family. So it's best to go with the, uh, the Canadianized version. Otherwise, people, especially because French Canada is a large population here. If you True. give them the, the other version, they start speaking French to you. And then I disappoint then them you have invariably disappoint with them. the fact that I don't. <laughs> yeah, immediately, just immediate disappointment. It, stop, There's actually stop, a town stop, in stop, France stop. called stop right there. Blois. And so when these people find out you don't even speak French, it's usually like, seriously? <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah i would say there would need to be some let's just call it southern u.s style barbecue in there i'm not going to pick a, a state because i know that'll piss somebody off i've had it's a bit of everything i've had you know i've had some carolina style i've had some texas style i would say I, there's things i love about all of it i would also say that when it comes to something that i love the most food wise i would say japanese food and um, whether it's a little more Come fusion on. or whether it's just Come you know, on. just straight up some of the best food on earth is is japanese i, I don't i don't know i Come don't know what on. else to say there's good Undefeated. food everywhere but it's yeah it's in it, there's some incredible stuff that comes out of that that cuisine so incredible yeah i would say one of those too. two yes i mean this just it's, it's wild it's wild it's wild so yeah it would be it would be some little combination there'll be a little bit of something for everybody and i have a hard time deciding so i, I, I gave you two answers and i <laughs> hope that's okay barbecue
2: and japanese, like japanese i like japanese bar? barbecue and japanese
1: yeah, there we Maybe go. Maybe some kind of barbecue Eight. fusion. I, I don't see why not. I don't see why not, yeah. right? Sure. We're pulling up with It's, it's, it's your menu. Mm. It's my menu. I know. I know. <laughs> I won. I'm the winner. Yeah. Matt, what is, uh, do, do you have anything in your golf bag that is uh, an emotional support item for you? That's a great question. Uh, it needs to get taken out, but I actually, I've had a, a bottle of Valium in there for a very long time. Longer oh, than fuck. I would care to admit. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah i went through i went through a serious phase where i I was i was getting severe panic attacks all the time i still wanted to play golf so i I slipped the bottle in there just in case i don't Mm. recall ever really using it very often um but it's it's actually in there right now i haven't touched i haven't touched it in, in over at least nine months um but yeah when i when i it's hard to describe it like for me the the fear of of getting to that point is usually worse than it actually happening so if i can eliminate the part where I'm um, you know like there's there's no end game there if, if, if it's if I'm freaking out I can just take some medication then I it generally just calms me down um, but yeah that would be, that would be on, on being as real as I can that would be one that's been sitting in, it's been in there for a while years um,
2: it may be various, the ultimate uh, it really yeah, is emotional nothing
1: more su- yeah nothing more supportive than 20 milligrams that's, of, Thanos. Like, pure that's calm down, right that's it yeah yeah yeah, yeah nothing's gonna support but that's you of- like that does
0: to your to your point about not even really using it, it's like that's kind of the point mm. of an emotional support item right. in the first place. Is like it just is. knowing that it's yep. there. Yes, is a security to blanket It disarms. To, yeah, it disarms yeah. the fear
1: a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I've had this conversation with many people. Uh, some people that have never sought any help for let's call it anxiety and panic based whatever disorder is probably the term, but whatever a, a problem, something that causes you an issue in your lifestyle. And I've said to multiple people, if you just had something. And you don't need to go crazy. Like, your doctor can prescribe you some very, like, weak stuff. It's stuff that people take for, like, fear of flying. Like, very basic stuff. Mm -hmm. If you just had it around, like, slip two or three in your wallet, I used to do that. My wallet used to have little, like, (laughs) like, a dime bag with, like, three little pills in it, basically. People probably thought I was doing coke in the bathroom. Fortunately, it wasn't. It would be far more exciting, but... Um, I used to have that just in case. I was just like, you know what, if, 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 if I just can't get a hold of this and, and I'm going to have an episode, you know, while I'm out, then at least I know that I have a safety blanket here. And it mm-hmm. ended up just not really mm-hmm. happening anymore because my, my end game was just not, just wasn't that big of a deal. Um, so mm-hmm. I've said that to many people. They're afraid of taking medication. I'm like, you know what, you may not even end up having to really touch it. Uh, you yeah. may just like have it once or twice just to know that it's going to help you. Um, so yeah, that, that, that is, uh, an interesting one. I've had an interesting relationship with, with medication because I know it's important. I've obviously yeah. gone to the point where I really needed to get off some of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I think everyone's searching for the, the way to just, I, they're like, I don't want to feel this way. Like, how do I just not feel this way? Or how do I not get anxious in it? Social, social situation. It's like, well, until you can disarm the ultimate fear that you have, whatever that is, if that's like you don't want people to think that you're an anxious person or you don't want to be awkward, whatever that is, if you can disarm that to some degree to where that worst case scenario is just like not that bad, um, ultimately the actual symptoms themselves will calm down quite a bit, at least in my experience. I'm certainly not a doctor, but um, yeah, that, that, would be, uh, that would be one for me. And I, I mean, everyone's got their thing, obviously, um, in terms of what kind of calms them down. I think just something responsible obviously you don't want to be crazy with it you don't want to be just you know keeping a, a mickey of like bourbon in your bag in case you need to just chug it to calm down but like you know what i'm saying like some something like that i would say you know i would say i am sentimental but i can't i can't say that if i had a note in my golf bag that said you know just be nice to yourself or something like it's just not it's not going to do it for me like i i'm too i'm too uh, i think i'm just you too need skeptical. the hard shit I needed a yeah. hard shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, I mean, it's <laughs> I actually just, uh, um, I just switched over my golf bag. So, I I, I had, uh, well, obviously, I had a TXG bag, uh, which is now vintage, if anyone wants some vintage gear. Um, <laughs> so, I switched out of that. And then I was uh, just using um, a PXG bag, actually, that I had from a media event for a period of time. And then, setting up the business, um, all my accounts and stuff, Titleist was really nice to me. I've always had a good relationship with them. Um, just said, like, oh, we'll get you like a, a bag with your logo on it. Um, just as like kind of like a um, uh, an opening gift kind of thing. So anyway, I'm, I'm switching stuff over the other day. And that's when I realized that these pills were still in there. And I, honestly, wow. I put them in the new bag. I put them in the new bag. I, I'm, I don't intend to touch them. As I said, I haven't touched it in like nine months. I don't intend yeah. to touch it, but I don't know if I'm ready to take it out yet. Uh, and it's interesting because I'm not walking around with it in my wallet anymore. So that might be the last place it, it, it ends up getting uh, getting flushed down the toilet or something. But yeah, yeah, that's the one for me. Bet you weren't seeing that one coming.
0: No, and thank you for sharing <laughs> that. I mean, that's yeah. that's yeah. like that's real, that's heavy.
1: It's, it's as real as it gets. But it, but honestly, yeah. like it's it, as much as it seems like. Oh man, that's like I, I'm like I'm I'm. This is the healthiest I've ever been in my life. I can tell you that right now, and, and it's not even mm. close. Um, so you know, I don't view that as as a uh, one, mostly because I'm not even using it. But two, it's just like. People got to not be so concerned about what's, you know, like how other people perceive them or, or am I am I a, a tough, resilient person because I don't need to touch medication or I don't even have medication in the house or I don't, whatever. That stuff yeah. is all totally meaningless and I can tell you that from experience. Because I've been down that road. I, I resisted even getting any help because I didn't want to be the person who took pills. Um, and it's it's not even about that. It's just like it's it's you don't want to be the person that has a mental health problem. Nobody wants to be that person, but... You're not doing yourself any favors by acting like it's not happening, I can tell you that much. That doesn't get you very that's
2: far. It. Period. Period.
0: Yeah. Period. Yeah. Man. Matt, really appreciate your uh your vulnerability with us, especially the first time that we've ever spoken. Um that's why we really we really value this space as as one to you know, we can hop on with somebody that we literally have never met before and and have a really open, honest conversation as as four dudes especially.
1: hundred um, percent. Yeah.
0: So thank you. Thank you for uh, the time mm, my and pleasure. just your candor. It's really it, it means pleasure, a
1: lot My pleasure, boys. Yeah, no, I, I mean obviously having read up about what you guys do in ahead of time, I think it, it primes me to come in and be like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna say whatever I wanna say on the on the subject. I think it's 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 a good environment that you've created because obviously like we you know, we're gonna let's say the four of us are just gonna have a conversation about golf we can talk golf i'm sure for hours but i think when sure. you uh you somewhat preset the the tone that like as you said it's the intersection of golf and mental health when you set that tone a little bit i think it it primes just primed me a little bit to be like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get some of these topics you know go a little further on some of them than then we might have just you know surface surface level conversation as you know we all have a lot of that um and it's yeah. fine but it's more rewarding when you can kind of get in there a little bit and, and just kind of see what's on your mind. All
0: right. Uh, are we ready to start the podcast now? Should we start recording? Yeah, hit record. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so absolutely- oh, you weren't recording? No. <laughs>
1: Honestly, I probably yeah. produced I probably produced a podcast where that happened. Oh, that was great chat. Oh, you know what? I, actually I can tell you for sure, have made videos and 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 not pressed record. Or uh, I've made no. a video and, and cool. the and the and the mics weren't weren't on. And, yeah, it, and no it's, you know what, audio the audio. only time it happens is when you're when you're camera producer and on screen. It doesn't happen when I'm like if I'm producing something, I don't tend to mess stuff up. But if I'm also doing it mm-hmm. and I'm also responsible mm-hmm. for the camera. Yeah, I'll, I'll fuck up stuff all the time because I did it yesterday. <laughs> like I filmed a bunch of stuff and like, you know, I was having some technical issues with like the simulator. But also like I, I did a, a, a minute or two for a clip and then I'm like, I must have hit mute. While well, I went to the toilet, like I, my, my mic was off. Like it's just yeah. Shit. You know oh, what? I, I I'm
0: not gonna I'm not gonna name the the session that we did. We did we did one in person, the three of us and oh, a guest, no. and oh, um, no. I was in charge of the uh, the little <laughs> the little box and hitting the red button, and I <laughs> sure. did for the first thirty minutes of the conversation. Now, thankfully, oh. we were saved, but in the moment, I didn't know that, and I looked over yeah. at the my little box. And there was no red light on. And talk about hiding a panic attack. Oh, you so, hit it so needed, well. A needed val- he needed some Valium that day. An actual yep. panic I have, attack. I would have
1: swallowed a bottle. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It, there's a special kind of fear from knowing you fuck something up like that. I, I literally can feel... It's like a feeling in my throat. I can, I can pinpoint exactly what you're talking about. Because anytime <laughs> I've had that moment and I've looked at it and the red light's not on, I'm just like, kill me. Just somebody kill me. Kill me.
0: Like I, know, I, I was like here anymore.
2: Do me a favor. I was like, there must be something... <laughs> biting Connor on, on his ankle because he hasn't looked yeah. up in five yeah. whole minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just I'm literally just <laughs> disappearing within myself.
1: Yeah. Oh he my he he went four shades whiter somehow. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> I, who <laughs> I knew I know that, knew I had that in me. <laughs> in me? <laughs> I got one all, all, in all of me. the blood left your body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We were saved and it's been released. Yeah. I'm not gonna name which episode. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, if good. people That's listening good. to this show want to DM us and guess which one it is yeah, great. Please do. Fair play. You'll get oh, a, yeah. a free hat in the yeah. mail. You'll never, you'll never know. You'll never know.
1: Well, I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad it worked out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So am I. Me too. All right, man. Well, thank you so well, much yeah, for the you, time Matt. again. And um hopefully, you, you know guys. We we we're long overdue, the three of us, to get up to the Great White North. And yeah. when we do, Jeez. I live in New York City, so Toronto's just just oh, right, right over the fence. So I gotta get um, to Toronto, yeah. guys. Yeah. I gotta get there. We'll make a
1: day of it, boys. Play some golf, you can come to the studio. Can do Fantastic. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, we You're need that anytime. I love it. Anytime. Thanks so much, dude.